I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with Meeting Groves, ex-Scotland International and adopted Frenchman Johnny BT and a friend of the show with plenty to fill us in on will be joining us very shortly too. But speaking of filling people in, we've missed a couple of weeks, Johnny, so I should personally apologise for that absence, but not much has changed, has it, in the world of rugby or the real world? It's all the same, yeah? A little bit's changed in your world. Do you want to fill us in? <laughs> we have had a baby a couple of weeks ago, and it's fair to say it didn't all go smoothly, but it's on the straight and narrow, we hope, now. But Emmy became a big sister. Rafa's doing well. You're eating a pot noodle, which makes me realize that you're right back into the shit stage of being a dad again. And you mentioned it didn't go easy. Will there be a number three? Is the vasectomy booked in already? Or I did ask if they could do it there and then, but <laughs> apparently that's not allowed. And you must be like, it's not about you, Tim. It's not about you, Tim. <laughs> I don't think a third was ever on the cards, Johnny, but it definitely isn't now. It's safe to say. Uh, yeah, I've seen more than enough hospital over the course of the last couple of weeks. We've chatted a couple of times, but this is the first time you've seen me for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks so do i look three weeks older three years older you're glowing mate glowing <laughs> you're probably lactating i've got no idea <laughs> your dad bod is just gonna get worse and worse take it from me Unlucky. how are you anyway how are you good mate it's been it's been a nice um i can't remember last time we actually did a podcast it's been a nice <laughs> couple of weeks break been working on via play who've taken over from premier sports and mm. um, a couple of top 14 games Everything's been good here. A couple of weeks of sort of downtime after the Autumn Nations, which is great. And then on to European stuff this weekend, I'm sure that we'll get to. But no, otherwise, mate, family's good. Rugby's been good. Looking forward to Christmas. Life is good. And when I said nothing's changed, I kind of meant rugby rather than myself. But we will come on to the Champions Cup, get our guest on shortly. But we've got to touch on the dismissals of Eddie Jones and Wayne Pivak. Were they both the right calls for you or not? Yeah, look, look, Gats clearly has been Wales's greatest ever coach. Like incredibly hard to play against, horrible going down to play against the sides when he was Welsh coach. Um, and I think that papered over cracks in the regional game at the time. As a national team, they've punched above their weight because they had a great coach. Now that he's gone, everything's gone loose. Pivac, though, you have to say, like in his time, I thought they were going to be wooden spoon contenders. They won a Six Nations when he was there, but then since then, like losing to Italy, losing to Georgia in Cardiff is tragic and just sort of general form it's all split slipped and confidence clearly isn't there so 100% the right time to act and in my opinion the same again with Eddie like bizarrely though if you look through the stats like he leaves as the best win percentage of any England coach of all time 
got into a World Cup final, three Six Nations titles, 18-match winning streak, I think, at one point. Um, but that was all before 2019. And since then, something just hasn't seemed right. It's not been settled. Fifth in the 2021 Six Nations. Last year wasn't great either. Beaten at Twickenham by the Pumas. Embarrassed. I'm not sure that's a strong word, but I would say in certain facets of their game that they have real pride embarrassed by South Africa and they just looked a little bit lost. So with all the players they have, um, the depth of talent, I think a breath of fresh air is probably just what they need as well. I actually thought Gats would have been an excellent shout as the next English coach as well. And I saw Sam Warburton, I mentioned that uh, this week as well. I thought he'd have been fantastic for them just to get them back to playing simple, basic rugby, what they do really well, getting those bits right and then building upon it. Um, I don't know. We don't know who's going to come in and take that job 100% yet, but there's not many games for these coaches now. They have a Six Nations, a couple of warm-up games, then it's World Cup time. So you can imagine there won't be much tinkering, but they have to get in there, do a job, um, have an electro shock, as they call it over in France, change something, get the players smiling again, full of confidence, and kick things off really quickly in the Six Nations because it's going to come around like they've got, what, a month prep? If you're a coach now, you've got a month prep. You've got a week and a half, two weeks with the players. So much easier for Warren Gatland, more difficult for somebody coming into England, but probably now makes the Calcutta game kicking off that tournament a little bit harder now for Scotland going down to Twickenham. Definitely. Yeah, the Eddie Jones one seems to have split opinion a little bit more given his talk of a grand plan for the last few years. There's there's only so long you can, like a grand plan, grand plan, like your test match coach, you're judged on the there and now. It doesn't work like that. You can't, produce absolute garbage for two years and say don't worry lads it'll all be good in nine months time it, it, it just doesn't fly so I think it's the right decision I, I know loads of people don't agree with me a lot of players that he's coached as well and clearly it's divisive you guys like James Haskell coming out defending him big ally Mike Brown <laughs> tearing him to shreds <laughs> but what is clear from the outside not being attached to anyone in that camp or knowing Eddie Jones at all is that the product what they're producing on the field isn't good enough with the finance that goes in behind the player pool they have, they should be doing better. So change was required, according to me, but completely different for everyone else. You mentioned he'd had the highest win percentage of any coach, which is absolutely factually correct. But you also yep. mentioned it was all a few years it ago. It was all front-ended. 55% over the last two years. As an England head coach, that clearly isn't good enough. That's not acceptable. And the weird thing is that although they were utterly dominant in some aspects of their play when he first came in, they've looked easy to play against which is never something that you associate with an English side. Like as a Scotland side going down, looking to win at Twickenham for your first time since the 80s. Like that's what we're talking about. Now you look at Calcutta, I'm losing this, using the Scottish example, but it's almost a 50-50 split over the past three, four, five years. And that has been historically almost impossible for us to achieve. So it's bizarre. His win percentage is still the highest, but it's been totally front-loaded. And the reason that he's been removed is because the last two years it hasn't been acceptable and from a french perspective obviously when wales and england make these changes everyone on social media says sean edwards but we know he signed up for loads more with france so there's no go there but it's interesting isn't it there's all this upheaval and we're sort of in an alternate universe because everyone else is making changes and if you're looking for serenity france it's not normally the case is it it is bonkers but then for the first time in a very, very long time, France have got a settled coaching staff that are performing with a generation of outstanding young players. So quite rightly, Sean has signed up for more. And I do not blame him. He's happy in Perpignan. He loves working with a French squad. I think he signed up for four more years. And that's it. That It's even 
more wild that people back home they have no maybe don't have any idea that he's here or that he's doing a job or that he's re-signed but he's here he's happy he's attached to a winning squad that's performing um they absolutely love him as well they were desperate for him to re-sign um and he was quite right to do so ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Speaking of coaching changes, let's get our guest on now because there was one in the top 14 not so long ago as Christophe Urias exited stage left at Bordeaux and we can have a chat with friend of the show, Zach Holmes, and find out how everything's going down there. How you doing, Zach? Yeah, really good. It's nice to be back on. It's, yeah, always listening to you boys every week. So it's good to see the podcast doing well and nice to be back chatting with you boys. It's good to have you back and it's been a while. A lot's happened since we last spoke and I'm guessing it's been a tumultuous few weeks as well at the club. So give us a lowdown on how everything's unfolded. Yeah, it was, I think it was a bit of a surprise to everyone or the, or the playing group. So we had the match against Poe, which, yeah, is our worst match of the year, um, where we what, got beaten pretty badly. Um, and then it was, we sort of had the holidays after that straight away. So uh, we had 10 days off. Um, and then yeah, the decision was made just before we came back. So maybe the Monday or the Tuesday before we returned to training on the, on the Wednesday. Um, and yeah, so we came back into training on the Wednesday. Christoph wasn't there. Um, Fred and Julian, both the, the assistants, uh, well, were taking sort of his his role. Um, and then we sort of just gone from there. We had a, a players sort of uh, meeting on the on Wednesday night, sort of barbecue drinks to see, um, yeah, just what everyone thought about it, what changes needed to be made. Um, the general consensus was, yeah, we we not too much needs to change. We just need to. Yeah, just just a few things with our game, maybe a few things with the way we train as well. But overall, not too much. And and yeah, we've sort of just continued on after. I mean, so on those little things that you mentioned that you were going to change, a bit of a losing streak, not the start of the season you wanted, then obviously a big win at the weekend uh, at home against Breathe. Now that the assistants have stayed and they're running things, have you able to have a bit of a collaborative environment where you go to them and say, look, we've as a player group, this is what we think, this is what we could tweak that would help? How's it working now that Christoph's been removed and he's no longer there? Because ultimately, before he was controlling everything, now are you able to go to Julian and to Fred and to have a bit of back and forth? How does it work now? Julian and Fred were pretty open from the beginning about what their expectations were, but they wanted to have an environment where the players and especially the leaders of the group are able to express what they want. I'm not saying without Christoph that didn't happen because there's leaders' meetings every every monday there's a lot of different different stuff going on but i know that they made it clear that they want the the players to express um what changes 
if any, that, that they need or, or ways to improve, not so much changes, but things we can do better. I'm not in all the leaders' meetings, um, but yeah, a few of them that are, I have been in, um, yeah, Fred and Julian are, are quite open to just our, I guess, the players' perspective of, of how we can train better, what we can do better in our games and how we can incorporate that. Um, and I think there's been some subtle changes, nothing nothing too drastic, not not anything system-based on how we play or not changing, I guess, the function of the week or anything like that, but a few subtle things, a few little changes on the way we train, focusing more on certain aspects. And I think hopefully as, as the season continues, um, we'll be able to see improvements with that in our game. When you talk about the reaction of when you found out and then you went and digested it over a beer, were you fairly shocked? Because I was. I'm like, as much as there might be short term a blip with Christoph, you look at the success he delivered at Oyanax, you look at what he did when I was there at Cast, took Bordeaux to the top six for the first time, got them to knock out phases of Champions Cup rugby. That had never been done at Bordeaux. So, like, is there a little bit of awareness from the boys of shit, actually, what comes in might not be better? And it might have just been a temporary little form thing. And we, this is actually a bit of a shock that he's now gone. Yeah, well, I, I can only sort of say on my, my sort of perspective, and I, I've always looked at Christoph from the outside and seen what he's done and always looked at him and been quite, well, he admired what he's done with the teams that he's coached and and, in, and then working with him for, well, not, not a long time, four months, but I really, um, yeah, respected him as a coach and I, I really found his management style to be really good for me. I, I found he's really direct. He lets you know what he expects. Um, yeah, and, he, and he's clear with that. Um, so for me personally, it was it was a big shock. I, I, we've underperformed, but we've still had good performances. The, the first match against Toulouse, we, lo- we lost, which a match we probably shouldn't have lost. And, and we just haven't been able to pick up uh, wins away. But it's a, you look at the so table hard. at the top 14 this season, like where everyone's on the, it's 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 so tight. Um, Poe, Bayon, um, yeah, they're, they're not. Eating. You can't go there and just expect to win. Like to lose, haven't like, you, it's just so tight. So I think it was tough in in that regard. But I'm sure there's more to it than just just the results. Um, but yeah, that's the president's decision, and the, at the end of the day, it's he he's got to make the decisions on what he thinks best for the club going forward. Um, he's done that, and as a playing group, we just need to to up our performance. Um, I think the group we've got in Bordeaux is it's a good group. We are starting to probably play with a bit more confidence, and then hopefully, yeah, we're in the mix when it comes to the right end of the season. But yeah, it was a surprise to me. I think like most people in rugby, it was a surprise too. But yeah, to, it was as we've seen with England, with Wales, like, yeah, sometimes those big decisions have to be made. And was it mainly Christoph who brought you to Bordeaux or did the negotiations that have happened above him? Because I wonder what it's like as a player who's just come into an environment expecting to obviously work with a coach for the long term and then this happens. Do you feel quite sort of vulnerable or? Um, yeah, there there is because I knew that. Christoph did sort of want me to be here and appreciate the way that I play. So when he, I guess he leave. You don't not certain who's come in. I know that Fred and Julian will will be here for the the rest of the season, and then whoever comes after you, you're not sure how how they may uh, view you. Um, I know, yeah, with me signing here it was 
Christoph and, and Fred as well, who I, I I spoke to a few times before before signing, and and to be probably complementary to Matthew in the same style, so they didn't have to, I guess, change game plans. Which I guess Francois Francois Chandu played a, a a bit of a different game, a bit more controlling, probably utilizing more yeah his kicking game and and so um so that was sort of the reason, but. Yeah, there's always when it, when a coach changes, you don't you're not too sure um, how another coach is going to receive you. And have you been told internally? I know it's not been announced as like a name that's floating around that everyone's talking about in France, but have they told you, right, boys? The situation is that these assistants are going to take you through to the end of the season, or is somebody going to come in and consult as a head coach till the end of the season, or then they're going to appoint somebody as a head coach at the start next year? Like, do you know what the transformation period is going to look like, or is it just as it is for now for the rest of the season? From my understanding, and from when the the initial meetings were with Laurent and and and, and Fred and Julian, like they were taking over, and, and that was for the foreseeable future. Uh, I guess I see that as till the end of the season, um, but that could change. But from the way I see it, it'll stay the same until the end of the season. Um, yeah, and 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 in terms of their roles, not much has really changed in terms of. Julian is with the takes the forwards. Fred takes the backs, and then it just becomes um, more collaborative during the the team meetings, where Julian has more of a def- is focused on the defensive as on defense, and Fred's focused on attack. So um, the way it functions is quite good. They just probably have to be a bit more, probably not as close with the players. Oh, not so much that, but just now that they're more doing the selection of the match and stuff like that, becomes a little bit more complicated for them but that's just part of the roles and everyone understands that but mate it is hard because Christoph, like certainly like i had fred and Christoph at cast and like fred is obviously as an assistant much closer to players it's backs as well so you can all have a laugh you don't have to do any hard training it's all a laugh but now having that flipped like have you had to, have you noticed like have they had to flip a little bit of personality or, or create a little bit more distance or become a bit more colder because that that was Christoph. like Christoph was the chef that would stand up and would orchestrate everything and be that orator and it was a big role, so it's like it's a big void to fill as well. To be honest, I haven't noticed them change the way they acted. I guess with me before, like I still talk quite a lot to Fred um, about just how training went, how strategy-wise, what I think, what Matthew thinks. Um, doing extra stuff with him after training, it's it's not really changed. And Julian's the same. Like I, I think he's probably taken on Julian's probably taken on a bit more of the. Christoph role in terms of the meetings and, and and that kind of role he's probably a bit more vocal I guess than Fred generally but in terms of relationships personally no not really I think they're both quite open they're both wanting the players input in, in how to best improve the team in, in terms of training in terms of strategy for the match in terms of in terms of the way that we want to play the game, so I know I think they see this as a, as a big opportunity for the both of them as well to to show to show what they can do in a in a sort of bigger biggest um, scheme, I guess. So I think it, it, it's it's not ideal the way this it's happened, but it, it's an opportunity, and, and the players know we're not even halfway through the season, and we've sort of spoken a little bit about it. It's not it's not a rebuilding year. It's not a 
it's not a season blanche. It's it's we 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 still want to achieve stuff this year, and, and we believe that we can. And Johnny, we can't put Zach on the spot about this. Obviously, he hasn't been told. But yeah, we can. <laughs> we can put you on the spot anyway, Zach. You can chime in as well. But you mentioned there's a name out there. It's Yannick Brew that the French media are talking about for next season. Yeah. So you can tell Zach. What about Yannick Brew, Johnny? Well, I don't know if it's actually been signed. Like I actually bumped into him randomly about ten days ago in Bayonne. So he was back on a break because uh, he's out with the Sharks working as like a yeah a defense consultant. But he was like, mate, I'm just there learning. Like I'm just there absorbing, trying to absorb as much as I can because they play some pretty good rugby. Um, but he's the he's the man that's been associate, associated with the role. Um, and he was our coach at Bayonne. But in terms of like pure hands-on coaching, like I see Yannick as more as like a director of rugby. Like he's more of a manager, like a not a spokesperson, but he's like a really good speaker. He's up for for management relation relational pieces, like that liaison with the the president, with the community, with the like everything that goes around. Like he, I wouldn't say he's a real hands-on rugby coach, but he's like he's a he's a good like head of an organization. If if that makes sense, Do you know, like so, like I would say, like if that comparison, like Christoph is more hands-on with his rugby stuff. And Yannick is much more like he is that man that's front and centre and speaking and uh, leading the sort of image of the club, if that makes sense. But he's the man that's been associated with the lead role. It'll be really interesting to see as well if he brings in different assistants or if that changes or how much change how much change he wants to make. I know the press had also mentioned Thibaut Giroud, who had meant to he was meant to be a Racing, but there was a sort of difference in how they saw that direction with Stuart Lancaster. So he's been released from that contract. So he now can be back on the market as well. He potentially go work with Yannick at Bordeaux. So like it's an interesting one because I think Yannick needs strong assistant coaches as well with him for the pure technical rugby side of the game. So it'll be really interesting to see how it all unfolds, who comes with him, if he is the man for the job, um, and then what direction the club goes in when he arrives. There you go, Zach. We don't know if it's confirmed or not, but that's the lowdown. He's here next week, so we might, might say. Exactly, that's it. They're coming to town, so you'll take him for an entrecote yeah, we'll and a see. glass of wine. Like, mate, like you haven't arrived yet, but if you could just sort this extension for me. Uh, yeah. Christoph's got me here, but let's get him here long term. But yeah, mate, that'll be really interesting for him as well. And that's happening with loads of coaches, like Lancaster's playing against Racing with Leinster this weekend. You've got Yannick coming from with the Sharks um, over from Durban to play against you guys. Um, so some pretty pretty tasty games coming up. And just quickly on Christoph, before we move on, you mentioned you didn't really get a chance to work with him for that long, but he is a character, isn't he? And we had some Bordeaux guys on at the end of last season, and particularly in the build-up to that barrage game, Johnny, we spoke to Kane Douglas, didn't we? Didn't he? And he, he sort of said <laughs> he'd famously kind of left the players to it for a week to just sort of crack on and said, I'm, I'm not having this. I'm not happy with what's been going on. You sort it out. And they did sort it out. So did you notice anything kind of a bit off the wall about Christoph in the early stages of this season? Or did he give players the hairdryer treatment? Or what did you make of him overall? To be honest, I think he took the end of last season quite quite hard, quite difficult for him. And it felt like speaking to some of the guys that have been there during the whole time, like there was, it was more open in terms of um, even the way that the weeks were set up, like there'd be in, in each block, there'd be a week that would be driven by the players. So for one of those weeks, I was I was injured. Um, so I, I did all the sort of, um, I think it was against Stade yeah, Stade Francais, and, I, and the players had the responsibility of doing all the video, all that presenting in the meetings and stuff like that. And and I found that quite interesting because that's something I, I kind of looking to get into. So for me, it was quite good. But yeah, he, he was quite open in that regard, letting the players um, yeah do things like that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice it being like really 
totalitarian or controlling or to me if the environment felt quite good even though performance wise we weren't probably doing as well as they had done or done in previous previous years so for me yeah it, it is surprising but yeah there's probably more going on below the surface to to why but yeah it's sad but I'm sure he'll he'll be back in another club and and he's been successful for a long period of time so I'm sure yeah he'll he'll continue to coach and coach well if anything it just shows us how finite the margins are from like we were talking about Eddie Jones earlier so Eddie Jones highest one percentage of any England coach to World Cup final then the sort of relationship pieces the the, the wheels come off a little bit a few matches don't go right and you find yourself like Christoph's the same like I really enjoyed his environment at cast a good man a few personal things that maybe went wrong with calling people out in the press at the end of the season whether that has an effect on like the overall image and then a few results like you the margins are so small in the top 14 like you guys are eighth it's not like you're 14th another two wins back to back and you're into top six and everyone's happy again but I think it just shows us like no matter if you're Wayne Pivak, Eddie Jones, Christoph Urios, that little fine line is so fine now. And it's ridiculous how quickly people can get turfed out of a job. Yeah, I definitely agree. It feels almost a little bit more like football, like if they want to change the environment or they want to, they need to make a change, which, yeah, I guess it's a results-based thing. You've only got a limited amount of time. So, but yeah, it's hard, hard on the coaches. And, and on that line, like talking about the Wales and England teams, like just nine months out from World Cup, as an Aussie, what do you make of Eddie Jones being removed? Do you think that is the right call to have taken him out of post from now? Like, do you think he did have a master plan that RFU have lost it and they'll never get the World Cup back? Or do you think it was the right thing? I guess time will tell if it's the right thing or not. Um, I'm interested in who who replaces him. I think when you when you look at the options, you look who got people who are just like extended contracts and uh, unavailable. It doesn't seem like there's too many coaches that are available at the moment. So I'm interested in what direction England go. Um, the major thing for me, Eddie Jones has produced it almost yeah, every World Cup he's been at. He's, so you, you have to say he knows what he's doing. So yeah, it's a surprise in that regard. I, I guess England's a, yeah, they, they expect results. They they want good performance. So um, we'll see what happens at the World Cup, I guess. But yeah, I'm interested in what direction they go in and who they appoint to coach because, yeah, it's yeah, close to a World Cup. So, yeah, it's interesting. And as an Australian, could you see Eddie Jones going back and helping Australia at the World Cup potentially? Or if they do make a change either before or after that, heading back to Australia as a head coach one day? I don't know. You don't know with Eddie, do you? You don't know what he's, no. what he, what he's going to do. Um yeah, potentially, but he could just as realistically end up helping France. So, <laughs> or being your coach next next year, Zach yeah. Bordeaux. How about that? Imagine. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> he could be here next season for all I know. But that'll make. Oh, I don't know how he go in France. That would, would be a long, <laughs> a long, a long season. Um, yeah, I don't know how my body would take that. But yeah, I think yeah, consultancy wise, I guess. I'm not too sure who he's got close relationships. Other coaches, I know he's uh, worked with Jake White before the World Cup, but he always had a, a relationship with him. So um, I'm not too sure. I, I I can't see it, but his intelligence, his knowledge of not just just rugby, but even teams who potentially could come against England, um, it could be it could be an advantage. I don't know if it's just media talk, Johnny, but before Stuart Lancaster got the racing job, there was links between Eddie Jones and racing. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could see him in the top 14. No, you never know. Not at all. I ought, like silly things float around social media as well. Like he was linked with an eight year contract to America, but I'd much rather see him in Bordeaux 
looking after Zach and just getting him through those training <laughs> sessions. I think, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think his accent's worse than mine, so it probably wouldn't be too bad to have some. <laughs> uh, it'd be pretty funny having him screaming at the French boys to, to get off the ground and, and, and move around a bit more. It'd be, oh, it'd, be, it'd be hilarious, but personally can't see it happening. A uh, complete tangent, but I messaged you earlier in the week about your scrum half as well, Jan Lesgorg, who came off a scooter after a social, broke his jaw outside the stadium. Like, how is he getting on? Surely he's getting ridden by the boys for being a Muppet. But more importantly, how is he feeling? Is he recovering all right? Yeah, I haven't got too many updates. I think he, he, he had to have surgery and stuff straight after. Um, he, he's okay now. Like, he's out of hospital and stuff. Um, yeah, it was pretty serious. Um, fractured his jaw i think he's got some damage to his shoulder or elbow as well like a fracture there so yeah the president spoke to us on monday about it briefly the doctor as well it's pretty crazy it's it's an incident that didn't need to happen um but i guess when you take that risk it's it's not good but yeah he's put himself in that position and unfortunately it's happened and thankfully it's not worse um but yeah i think he's going to be missing for quite a while which is which is a shame because um, yeah, for me, he's, he's a really good nine. He's probably not had as much opportunity at the beginning of this season with Max Max playing quite a lot um, and Max playing well. But yeah, it's a shame and it's it it's makes yeah. And for the club, it's difficult as well because lost a nine for quite a few months now, and it's a position that is not that easy to come in France at the moment as well. Which leads me nicely into my next question. In France, we've seen Jean-Baptiste Elisald, Benoit Payog, Antoine Dupont can all play 9 and 10. Are we going to see Holmes lining up in a 9 jersey for Bordeaux <laughs> over the next few months? I don't know. I thought Santi played a little bit. Santi Cordero played a bit last yeah, he year, does. so he might be putting his hand up first. But um, I've never, like, my dad was a halfback. He played, um, he played for Waikato. He played um, quite a few, like, ITM. And, and I always, I started playing halfback and then he would just give me too much advice. So that's why I moved more 10 and sort of uh, a bit further out because I didn't want to have to. I was like, well, you never played 10, so you can't really tell me what to do. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's not not something. Yeah, it's not something I would say no to. I've not really ever, I've never trained there or anything like that. But if it got to the stage where, where it needed to happen, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, I'll, 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 yeah, I'd put my hand up, but hopefully it doesn't get to that. Because it just shows as well. Like I saw Rory Cockett, my old mate from Cast, yeah. who's now coach, has had to be added back to the European roster to potentially fill, because they can't get a medical joker. Like there's no nines available. So, mate, stranger things have happened. If Rory's getting dragged in as a backs coach, now playing back at nine, which he'll absolutely love, there's a good yeah, chance that you'll that. get roped into that. <laughs> yeah, he'll be loving it. <laughs> And given what happened to him, I don't know how you get around Bordeaux, Zach, whether you've got a Ferrari or a Peugeot, I don't, I don't know. No, but have they, <laughs> But has there been any chat of, geez, guys, get a taxi? We're not, no scooters. There's no, have they banned scooters or? No, they haven't banned scooters, but it was a bit of a, be a bit more aware, a bit more careful, I guess. Um, I do have a scooter. I, I, I don't really take it out as soon as it gets cold. So um, that's just me personally being a bit of a, a bit of a princess but yeah i guess so. i i know like now it's it is yeah, in france but like in bordeaux it's like the last two weeks it's 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 cold now it's and the risk of the even just like the black ice and stuff at that time four or five a.m in the morning there's always a risk of that so yeah you got to be careful but the decision is probably not 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 the best decision to make but yeah it's i guess it's a bit of a 
wake up call not just to all of us but all the like players generally like i guess nine times out of ten yeah you're okay but when when it happens it's not good and it's thankful that he's not done more damage i guess than 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 that and from a scrum half to a fly half you mentioned him earlier on matches jaliba you were signed because you're a similar style of player he beat about 100 defenders at the weekend (laughs) ridiculous numbers give us an idea as someone who's in a similar mold to him obviously what's he like on and off the field and how good is he no he's i really enjoy my relationship with Matthew. i think he's well first of all he's a unbelievable player he's a confident player he probably can get perceived uh, a little bit negative in the press and by other people uh but he backs himself and that's something i admire he's, he he back he backs himself to to beat players to take players on he, he uses abilities and yeah, not everything works, but if you don't try anything, like nothing works. So I think I admire his his confidence, his um, mentality to to take the game on. Um, I, I sort of had a bit of a relationship before. We used to message each other and stuff on Instagram, and and I think he gave me a vote of confidence to come here as well. So I know he's he's got quite a big uh, sort of pull at the club or he's a big player of the club. So it was good that I had some kind of relationship with him before and, and working with him. Yeah, it's been good. He's, he, he, he works hard. He wants to improve. He wants to be the number one 10 in France. And, and I think, um, yeah, he, he probably didn't have the start to the season he wanted, but since sort of, the back end before the autumn nations and his sort of appearances off the bench there and coming back from that, he's probably he's in really good form and and that's important for for Bordeaux to have him in form because he's a bit of a, a barometer, I guess, to to the overall team performance. That all sounds really positive, but I've heard one negative story about him. Is it true his dog is called Owen after Owen Farrell? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it is about. I know his dog is Owen. I don't know if that's I, I, is it's it. Tragic. I, don't, I, I can't confirm or deny, but. <laughs> That's a little bit disappointing, but uh, you can't win them all, can you? You can confirm tomorrow morning. You can ask him when you go in. Yeah, he's on holiday. He's on holiday this week, so we'll see when he gets back. Speaking of Englishmen, Zach, you've had Tom Willis and Gabriel Ogre come in from Wasps. So how are they settling in? What are they like? Have they had to do any initiations or do they escape because they're last-minute additions? Yeah, we've got Tom's here at the moment. I don't know when Gabriel can't. He's not here at the moment. I think well, I think he comes January maybe or the end of yeah, end of the year, but... Yeah, so Tom's been here. He arrived. He arrived, I think, on the Wednesday we came back. So, yeah, first day here. Christoph just been fired. <laughs> um, Holy yeah, not, shit. The, not, not the ideal start. Um, trying to get everything organized and stuff. I get you got the meetings with the president, the coaches' meetings where you understand nothing. So it'd just be like, what is going on? Um, but no, he's been really good. He's adapted to the way we play asked questions i've sort of yeah just gone through the way the strategy and shape and stuff like that and i know he's the other like jondre and kane helped him out with the line outs and he's picked it up really quick um he's settled in now and it's good to see yeah he's, it's good to have him another addition to the back row i think i didn't know too much about him i knew probably a bit more about his brother but no he's a Good ball carrier. He, he got some good minutes on the on the weekend. Well, one of the uh, Pierre Bouchard was was injured, but yeah, he, he played really well. And I think yeah, it's a, it's a good addition to have him. I think he's settling well. He's really enjoying. It. I spoke to him a little bit. We had a Christmas party last night. Spoke to him a little bit there, and he's yeah settled in really well. So 
yeah, hopefully he continues and we can keep him for longer than just this season as well. So no head shavings yet. That's what we're saying. No, 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 he's, yeah, he came in a good time. You just sneak in midway through the season, and yeah, there's no, there's no, real, there's no real time to to get your head shaved. So yeah, that was well played. And you mentioned the Christmas parties. That we should ask you about that. Where was it? What happened? Was it quiet? <laughs> nah, it was there wasn't much to report. It was like with families as well. So it was it was at a well, it's in Bordeaux, so it was at a chateau. Um, probably was not big enough for the event, but. Oh, well, everyone was crammed in a bit. My- Kids running around, bumping into old people. But no, nah, it was good. We all had to bring a plate. I think most of the boys ended up just rushing off to the boulangere and picking up something just before on the way. So there was probably three quarters desserts, a uh, quarter mains and entrees. But no, nah, it worked. Um, no, nothing, not not too too much. The kids got all their presents and yeah, it was a good night. And a bit of a change of pace for you this week. Obviously, things are more so back on track after that win top 14 back up to eighth this week you now cut and it's european rugby so what is the vibe in camp and the attitude towards european rugby like a big game away from home gloucester first up what are you expecting and how's everyone feeling generally i think it's going to be a tough game against gloucester they've been performing well in the premiership we had a focus after the break of those two games against perpignan and breve in the position we were in now moving into the champions cup i think we want to we want to start well in the competition. It's important. It's a four-game competition. You need if you need to attack this first game. You need to play play well. We don't want to go over there and put in a performance that we're not happy with. So we're going there to to play well. To we want to win the game and continue to build confidence. We know if we take this, don't show the respect to this competition, or don't prepare well enough and play bad in these next two games, it's going to be very difficult to come back into the top 14 and and play well as well. So we're using these games to continue our season, to build confidence, to to build a performance that to do well in the Champions Cup, but also to prepare for the games in the top 14 as well. It doesn't get any easier, but we're taking this as a five five block sort of window. So we've got the two Champions Cup games and then three sort of games leading up to to the new year. And when we had you on the show before, Zach, I remember you saying you were kind of building up to taking your French citizenship test. So yeah. how did it go? Have you got it? Are you a fully fledged French well, citizen? No, I, I am. I, I Everything's done. That was all finished. Did my final interview in June. Yeah, before I went back to Oz. So everything's done um submitted so now i think the paperwork's in not and i'm waiting to so it's been about four or five months and i'm yeah waiting to hear every that everything's a-okay but yeah for me it wasn't too bad my wife we did it at the same time and it was a lot more complicated um she's born in singapore trying to get the stuff from the singapore embassy was was ridiculous um but yeah so it's all done now and we're just waiting uh the officially passports to arrive so Fingers crossed it's not too long. Mate, I had a, a message from a mate of yours, so Manny, big Manny, Miafu at Toulouse yeah. last week. And he was like, hey, Johnny, just checking in. Um, I've got my interview for my passport on Friday. This is like Wednesday night. He messaged me. Yeah. He's like, is there anything I should look at? Is there anything I should look at? <laughs> before I was like, oh, mate. So I sent him through like links to PDFs with like 100 questions on what you need to know for your naturalization. I was like, oh, mate, get studying, get cramming. He's like, oh, I'm sure we'll be okay. So I'll check in with him. Fingers crossed I went all right, but it's a grilling, eh? Yeah. Hopefully he gets the same guy I had in Toulouse because he was actually really nice. Um, he, I was like, oh, you play for Toulouse? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got to start with that. Um, 
it wasn't too bad. Like I, I done preparation. Like you can always prepare more. There's so much stuff that they can ask you, and I was just hope you're hoping for the best. But yeah, it wasn't like the person I had was. Yeah, he was good. He could have made it a lot worse for me. Um, I know my wife. It was a little bit more difficult, but she was okay. She was more prepared as women usually are. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a lottery who you get. But I'm assuming he's doing it in Toulouse. I'm pretty sure that they should uh, appreciate rugby. So I'm sure it'd be fine. Not just that, Johnny. Knowing knowing Fabian Galtier, Manny could be quite useful to him. So he might have had a word as well. Yeah, he probably. Might be taking the test. I was like, Manny, just get down there in your full Toulouse tracksuit. If that all fails, get on the phone to Macron. That worked for Max Van Dyke. <laughs> I wish I did that. And so, mate, you're like French passport, and then you're also in the middle of your qualifications. You did one last year coaching. You've got another one to do next year, which Jerome is also in the middle of doing his. Is the plan eventually to try and French citizenship and stay, or would you like to head back home at the end of your career? What are you thinking? Yeah, like the reason for getting my passport and is to want to stay in front. I didn't, it wasn't a necessity. I've got my UK passport. I've got a 10-year visa here as well, but I want to stay stay in France. Um, I'm, that's why I'd like to get as much of my coaching stuff done while I'm still playing if possible. Um, so, yeah, I've done my sort of first level one while in Toulouse, my BP Jeps, and I want to start my DEA um, Jeps next next year um but yeah the the ideal situation for me to stay in france and and coaching something i would like to do um i'm doing a little bit of stuff at the moment just with the some of the women's some of the girls uh the french 15 and the sevens and just doing some kicking skill stuff there which is which i've only done a little bit of which i'm quite enjoying because that's an area i'd sort of like to get into that skills um kicking side of things but yeah that's something i i'd like to do post rugby and it gives me a reason to stay in france i guess so yeah that's that's where my head's sort of at and i'm hopeful to get all as many of my qualifications done while i'm still playing so it makes that transition easier i guess you've got plenty of years still playing left zach but johnny mentioned if it is yannick brew next season at bordeaux he's more of a director of rugby type he's there next week in a different capacity with the sharks Buy him a coffee, a nice steak or something. You could have a player coach role next year. Who knows? Oh, that wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I don't know too much about Yannick, but hopefully, oh, I don't know who's going to take over. But yeah, player coach. I think there's enough enough going on just playing. I think I, I, I sort of see how the coaches work. I've sort of even just watched your own last year and seen the difference. So doing it both at the same time. <laughs> Mate, yeah. Just stay, stay a player that's, that's as long as you can. Salary was <laughs> up there. I, I don't know how I feel you would be. Yeah, I'm not sure my <laughs> wife would appreciate it either. Mate, before you go quickly, I have to ask you, like your first trip over to King's Home with the boy, like what are you expecting over there and how are you going to win it? Like big weekend, first game of European rugby, what are going to be key for you going over to England and starting positively? Because weirdly, I reckon a lot of teams or French teams now with the, the travels to South Africa and further afield, if they don't get those first two games right, I reckon they'll throw in the towel and chuck in bomb squad. So going over this weekend, what do you boys need to get right to knock over Gloucester? Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not an easy place to play. I've actually played there quite a few times. Um I played the I had had them in my pool twice in the Challenge Cup at La Rochelle, once at Toulouse, uh in the Champions Cup. So this is the fourth time I've played them over there. And, and, and for an English team, like the atmosphere is 
yeah, it's quite vibrant. It's it's very loud, especially the shed. It's cool. Like it's it's different to yeah, it's it's got a bit more of a a French feel to it, I guess, in the way that the crowd gets involved in the game. So I guess as a French team, as a visiting team, you want to take the crowd out of it. So it's important to to start well. Um, yeah, Gloucester, I guess, since uh, George Givington's taken over, has had a real big focus on on their mall and the dominance that has scoring tries off their mall, penalties off their mall. Um, so for us, it's important to not give them the opportunity to, to use it whether that's discipline, not giving them penalties, um, not giving, keeping the ball in, in field as well. Mm. So we have a, a strategy that we want to go over there and play with. Um, it's not going to be easy to implement. Gloucester, yeah, they're going to attack the competition. They, they're, they're in good form. So it's important for us to, to start the game well. And to, I guess even if it's not going well, the way the format is, you've got four games and, and, and four try bonus point. And the losing bonus point, I think it's important to continue to play in this competition. And even if you're not getting the four points, two points can be important. What it's what eight teams go through out of 12. So for us, we have the mentality to go out and win the game, but to also continue to play for that 80 minutes and make sure that we bring back as many points as we can. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Zach, and sharing your insight into everything going on in Bordeaux. And good luck in the West Country this weekend. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. And yeah, thanks for having me on again. Pleasure, mate. Catch you soon. Cheers, Zachy. Cheers, boys. Always good to chat to Zach, Johnny. And very interesting on Christoph as well. Yeah, he's a really good boy. And it, again, I think that's just what people want to hear is that it's not Christoph's a bad egg or he's a fucking good coach. Like that That's the honest. Um, and that's what comes across with Zach. There's just been certain things or things that have been spoken about or verbalized that have gone down wrong. And there's been a clash somewhere behind the scenes that we still don't know the full ins and outs of. But I'm fairly sure that Christoph will rebound quickly with a big club um, and he'll be coaching somewhere come June, preparing another preseason and doing a decent job. But uh, for Bordeaux... And for Zach, um, like a big job now to, with just the assistance, get them back into the top six and get them competing again, whilst also managing European rugby. But yeah, awesome to have him on. Great lad. And yeah, hopefully he'll come back on soon. Right. We're not going to chat too much about the top 14 this week because we're coming out a bit later in the week than usual. And it's all about the Champions Cup build-up. But we do definitely need to find out what your meter moment of the week is, Johnny. So it could have been Matthew Jalibert. You mentioned how many mm. defenders. He beat someone like 30 by himself. He's a freak show. Uh, but I'm going for a team performance. There's only one away victory at the weekend. I was working on that game for Viaplay again, doing the commentary, and it was rassing, mate. They went down to Toulon, absolutely written off, no chance, um, but full of intent, intensity. Defensively, they were phenomenal. Their line-out made Charles Olivon and Toulon's look like a shambles. Um, my old mate, Baptiste Chouzenou, running the show um, from Bayonne now at Racing, but they came away with a really gritty victory. So meter moment of the week was racing, the smash and grab in Toulon and the only away win of the weekend. There we go. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can now get 20% off any full price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD20 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD20, and you'll get 20% off any full price item at meter.com. Perfect for Christmas. Absolutely. Maybe not on the barbecue, unless you're where you are, Johnny. It's probably a million degrees still over there. (laughs) I'm struggling. I'm battling for Christmas presents this year, and I've just bought two meters. 
there you go. I've used that discount code. I've bought two family members. They'll be getting them in their stocking. And they're actually quality. So we won't talk about the top 14 on the pitch, but off the pitch, plenty going on. Will Rollins to Racing. Joe Marchant, we've spoken about before, confirmed to Stade Francais. And Luke Houndicky to Montpellier is probably the most interesting one, Johnny, because he's kind of in his prime and definitely in England's top two hookers. So it's a big move. Also looking at the fact that Eddie hasn't used many hookers at all. So who's coming in behind them? But he mentioned it's a big money move. He couldn't turn it down. A huge move for his family. Um, Will Rollins as well to Racing. You've got to imagine that's the same. The interesting point for him now is he doesn't qualify like Dan Bigger does. Dan Bigger's got 100 caps. Again, his introduction at Toulon at the weekend was incredible. Took the microphone with the president on the field, spoke perfect French, addressed all the Toulon fans. They absolutely love him already and he hasn't touched the ball. Um, But for Will Rollins, it's going to be interesting. Are the Welsh Union going to change that rule and allow him to come back or not? We'll wait and see. Um, A big move for Joe Marchand. I'm really I'm pumped for him that he's gone to Stade Francais because they're flying as well. And Luke Cavendicky, as we said, like too much money to turn down. A big reflection as well on the premiership, the money problems that are going, the salary cap coming down. Like these boys are just the start. Like Will coming from the Welsh Federation, but Luke Cavendicky and Joe coming over uh, along with Dan Bigger is the start of, I think, what we'll see to be a lot of signatures happening in the next two months. Given the changes happening in Wales with Warren Gatlin going back, it'd be very interesting to see if that 60 cap rule has changed. A lot of people think it will be, but there's no sense that it's going to change in England. So therefore, those two moves, Luke Cowan, Dickey and Joe Martian, at their age, particularly interesting. But but you have to you have to protect your domestic product. Like take Wales, for example, like with, with their regions, if they let the top 10% leave, and I understand letting them leave, but what does that leave you with in Wales? What does your domestic product give you can you get bums on seats to come watch what essentially will become academy teams because the difference between them and scotland with the same sort of player numbers wales just ahead is that scotland filled two professional teams so the the sort of talent is still there when you spread that over four it becomes a little bit more sparse so they've got a real challenge to keep as much as they can whilst also allowing key players to go and pick up big salaries elsewhere so it's really tough and england's the same mate even though they've lost two sides the Premiership has to protect its product. It has to ring, ring fence itself and look after domestic talent and get them playing English rugby. So it's attractive for people to come and watch and buy tickets because like domestic ticket sales in the Premiership are down 10 to 15% this year. So they need to make it as attractive as possible for punters to come and be part of our game. And we spoke about Eddie Jones earlier on. It looks like Steve Borthwick is very much going to be the man to replace him, although not confirmed yet, obviously. <laughs> One man who sort of threw his own hat into the ring like not so long ago and then has subsequently taken it out. Ronan O'Gara is very yep. much staying at La Rochelle, isn't he? Well, he signed an extension to 2027. And that's one of the things with Rog is that he doesn't shy away or answer questions dishonestly. Again, Popeland, the 10 who's leaving the club this year, spoke in the press this morning about how like love him or hate him, you, you get a direct answer no matter what the question is. Some people find that really hard to deal with. But Obviously, if you ask Rog, how would you feel about coaching the English side? Yeah, it'd be a great job. Like, why wouldn't that be a great job? One of the biggest unions in the world, of course, it'd be a great job. But for him now and for La Rochelle, crucially, after winning that Champions Cup, being consistent across both competitions that they're involved in, developing some serious talent from within as well, it's a great to tie him down. To have him there for the next four seasons is a massive coup for, for La Rochelle. So let's focus on the Champions Cup then. I suppose out of the French sides, they look fairly strong and looking at some of the fixtures, but who 
if you were going to call it now, is going to win it. Uh, let's start outside France. Uh, Leinster again. Watched them last weekend beating Ulster with 14 men. Uh, a magical comeback. Mate, they're just freakish every year. Um, and you think, yep, you watch that game. Yep, they can do that with 14 men. They can take on anyone in Europe. Saracens played 9-1-9 nine, nine in the Prem, head and shoulders above everyone else at the minute. Then you look at the South African teams coming in, which is a total wild card because not many teams know that much about them in France. But I wouldn't bet against either the Bulls or the Stormers. Like I'm not sure how that would go down with punters generally if they were to win the European Cup. And then domestically, you look at France. La Rochelle and Toulouse absolutely leading from the front. I don't think Racing have the strength they maybe had a couple of seasons ago. Um, guys like Vakatawa moving on, a few different reasons. I just think they maybe don't have the punch that they did. My wild card would be Montpellier. Um, the fact that they've got London Irish and the Ospreys in their pool stage means that they should fly through and get a decent seeding um, in the next round. But realistically, mate, there's five, six, seven teams. Like Zach mentioned as well, the top eight sides go through. So I've got no idea. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> One of those eight or something you mentioned there, eh? It, it, exactly. But like you've got, you've, that, that's the beauty of it. Again, you look at world rugby, the international scene that we've talked about, it's so much more entertaining and interesting because any team on their day can beat anyone. And I think that really is the same with the Champions Cup at the minute, if you've got eight to 10 teams across the board that really any one of them could pip it. So no, looking forward to kicking off this weekend. It should be class. And apart from Zach and Bordeaux's trip to Gloucester, what are the pick of round one's games? Uh, Racing v Leinster will be absolutely huge uh, and a real experience for Stu Lancaster. Like I know he's obviously been over and seen around the installations and the training ground, and the, but to be there coaching for Leinster against your future team, will be pretty special mentally. Obviously, we know he'll be doing his job and he'll be Leinster coach, but um, emotionally, it'll be uh, interesting for him and and pretty cool for the fans to watch as well. Munster Toulouse, um, who've had some massive battles over the past few seasons. Jerome couldn't join us because he's been asked to do extra prep for that. And I'll be at La Rochelle Northampton for BT, which I'm looking forward to as well. Hopefully catch up with big Greg Aldrich for beer after that one as well. So, mate, the opening weekend, there's a few massive rounds to look forward to, all on BT Sport. Um, so looking forward to them starting. Absolutely. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to Zach Holmes for joining us as well. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review if you can. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.